Are you ready to hack your time? I'm Vicky and I am obsessed with course correcting everything that you've been taught about how to use your time because I know that you can create more success while having more fun and taking more rest. I went from doing all the things, working 80 hour weeks to creating a 15 hour work week. Listen and learn how to hack your time never have to say that you don't have time ever again. You too will learn how to accelerate without doing more today. Hello everybody and welcome. I'm so excited today to be joined by time hacker Emily Slehetka. I just asked you how to pronounce it and I already got it wrong. Did I get it right? (laughs) No, it's right. No, it's right. (laughs) Okay. People always say mine wrong as well. Um, so join the club but actually I want to start with you telling people where we are recording from right now so I'm traveling for work and I'm in bed (laughs) yeah so perfect (laughs) I think it's like like you said you said to me just before we started recording you're like I have a phone I have a bed I can do this Mm -hmm. And so often we limit ourselves by what we can do based off of like, oh, I don't have my computer with me or whatever different things. I don't have a desk even. So I feel like it's so uh, time hackerish that even it's just like, oh, no, I have everything that I need. I love yeah, it. I love it, too. <laughs> Yay, amazing. So what's fun that people don't know? And I mean, I've I actually wanted you on the podcast but then you also reached out and put yourself forward for it, which was so fun. I mean, I think it was like just before I was taking mat leave, wasn't it? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I um, I think we were doing the fail challenge at the time. And I noticed that all my fails were kind of like easy and comfortable and like, oh, it doesn't really matter. And so I was like, I need to up the ante and do some things that make me a little bit more uncomfortable. And so one of them was like, uh, Vicky, I'd like to propose myself to be on the podcast. I feel like, hell yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah. So just so people know, inside Time Hackers, we have 30 day challenges we do. Um, that are just like what Emily said, like the opportunity to do things little but frequently and then to benefit from that compound effect and to learn things and to be exposed to things like realizing we're playing small. So I love that you shared the learning from it and that you reached out to me on the podcast. I mean, there's lots of things that I love about you as a time hacker and your story so far in Time Hackers. But why don't you share a little bit about for you what have been like some big lessons and big changes so of course I was thinking about that before I got on and I was like I can't say everything I love everything but (laughs) what I do (laughs) um I think that it was very easy for me to justify joining time hackers because I'm like I'm gonna learn how to be more productive and get more done and um but so like that was kind of why I initially joined but one of the things that has been the most profound for me, and I think that has really accelerated my professional job and my coaching business is um, the modules that you have on fear and failure, because I don't like to fail. And I've always seen it as a really negative thing. Like if you fail, you're a loser and you've messed up and like everything's gone to shit. And that's actually not true. Like I've 
come to see failure as just a normal part of the journey and actually a welcome part because it means I'm doing something and going somewhere. And that that for me has been like the biggest um, shift since joining Time Hackers. Yes, I love it. How previously you spoke about the fail challenge and now you've spoken about the fear and fail modules. And I think it's true. I think like you can see a lot of it online, a lot of like these Instagram posts about like fail forward and failing is great but it's like we are so conditioned and also evolutionarily speaking programmed to avoid failure that it's like the constant reminder like I remember you sharing as well that you now we have the modules also available on podcasts that you're like listening to them while you're driving and I just think it's like that ease of repetition of like literally reprogramming our brain away yeah I have listened to all the so we have you have the coaching replays um also on the podcast and in the website and I've listened to all of them at least once and every time I listen I'm like oh my god something new like and, and I've even listened to the the modules multiple times and get something new every time it's incredible what repetition does it just yeah. helps it land and it goes from just like something you theoretically know to something like you feel in your body and you're like, oh, and this is how I actually apply it to my life. Yes, I love it. And I do feel like every time we take in information, depending on what's going on in our brain and in ourselves and in our lives before it, like we literally can listen to the same sentence and highlight different parts of that exact same sentence. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that the other thing that's really been uh, like a huge shift for me about the failure is that you have to create a sense of safety in order to fail. And I hear a lot of coaches and people like talking about creating safety, creating safety, but I didn't, I didn't really know what that meant. And actually creating safety is all about accepting yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And in order to accept yourself, you can't resist the feelings and the negative emotions that you have. You just have to learn how to say like, this is a part of me. This is a part of my journey and it's okay. And that has been so incredible for me to realize like I don't have to solve for every single piece of discomfort that my brain is offering me I can just be like oh this is normal it's okay and that actually creates the safety isn't that so cool (laughs) (laughs) it is so cool it's so cool and also it's like you say it takes way less time it's way faster to recover and you just enjoy the process a lot more and I think so often we come to like programs or wanting to change or wanting to create a goal or whatever it is from a place of like self-rejection like we reject who we are right now in order to like create who we want to be and I think exactly like you said that's like such a difficult place to go for goals from or go to create change from from like oh I don't I'm unhappy with myself now or I'm doing something wrong now or and making mistakes or like not creating that safety initially. So I love that you pointed that out. And for anyone listening, I would just think about that for yourself. Like whatever you are going towards, are you rejecting where you are now? Are you rejecting parts of yourself and parts of your experience? Like, I think one of the big things that come a lot this year in time hackers not this year because I was obviously off from totally but (laughs) when I've been in there like a common theme that's come up a few times has been like our relationship to doubt as well and like you know fighting with it and resisting it versus just like allowing it and accepting it what would you say about doubt I think I have doubt all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) um 
you talk about a lot about like a success blueprint and I also have what I call it it's like a safety blueprint so it's like what my mind kind of comes up with it's like it's playbook of like let's just keep her where she is so it's like I'm so confused I don't know how to do this and then I'm so overwhelmed and then doubt is like the the next one like I I can't do it I don't know but like through coaching with you and some of the other coaches um, that stepped in while you're on maternity leave uh it, I just realized like, oh, this is just what my brain does. Like every time I do something new and it's not a problem. Like I don't, like I can solve for it if I want to. And sometimes it is nice to do like some thought work, but most of the time I'm just like, oh, it's just here. It's just normal. It means I'm going in the right direction. And I see it as a good thing now, not like a huge problem that's going to stop me in my tracks. I love it so much. And you don't know this, but safety blueprint is something we discussed inside the 15 hour workweek mastermind. So I love that your brain's like already there thinking like that. That's so fun. I love it. And like for everyone listening, I think it's such a powerful example, especially for anyone who's like coaching or creative or got their own business of like, you come in and you're exposed to different people's tools. And then you literally create tools from being exposed to those tools. Like it's so fun to think all the different things that we are creating. And I think this is something we see in time hackers for sure is like this creative pool of like people taking the tools and shifting them or using them in different ways and creating them I just think it's so fun to see and be a part of so I love that you shared that and what I'm super excited to speak to you about is I think a lot of people um, are like well it's just for entrepreneurs I can't manage my time because I work for someone else there's limits on me because I have a manager and there's a lot I've had a lot of feedback um, of people's stories around like yeah this is nice but I can see how it works for entrepreneurs but here's why it doesn't work for me as an employee and you have like absolutely smashed it out the park with how you've applied the time hackers principles to work so did you ever have the resistance about applying it to work and how did you overcome it? Yeah, so I mentioned that I work a full-time job. So like a traditional nine to five, Monday through Friday thing. And then, um, which I've been doing for you know 15 years. So that's sort of what I'm used to. And then I also have a coaching business on the side. And when I joined Time Hackers, I definitely thought, oh, I'm only going to use this for my coaching business. It doesn't apply at all to my 40-hour work week, which, of course, <laughs> is not true because you're right. And I'm going to brag on myself. I have smashed it out of the park using Time Hacker principles. And one of the things that you kind of initially coached me on was this story I had like if I work less than 40 hours a week um, somebody's going to find out and fire me and I'm going to end up homeless under a bridge I brought that story to coaching so many times <laughs> but like so many variations my brain was like no no this is the one that is for sure true <laughs> yeah um... and and as it turned out right like as we as you know um in fact I did not get fired I got promoted and I got pay raises and I just continue to use the time hacker principles to accelerate my growth. I, I like, I've met with the CEO of my company and he was just like blown away by me. Um, last night I had dinner. So at, um, just to take a step back, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina um, to meet my team for the first time in person. I've never met them in person because I was hired during COVID. 
and we were all working remotely. And one of the things that I brought with me um, to Charleston to this trip was a time hacker principle of just like being myself. Like it's more important the value I bring as opposed to like the things I do, right? Like my sense of like who I am. And so I was like, my only goal for this trip is to connect with people and just to be myself. And I, it has been so fun. Um, but like the same thing has happened in my work. So it's like, I mean, yes, in the corporate culture, there is like, we care about how many hours you work, but really people only care about what you produce, right? Because like, I can work 40 hours and not really do anything or produce like crappy reports, or I could work five hours and produce amazing reports, exactly what the client wants. And nobody cares that I didn't work the other 35 hours. <laughs> right. Like that's, it's, it's so like, you're like smiling and laughing now, but like, I know that it's still so ingrained in us that in corporate life, exactly like you said, that like you have to work the hours. And I just love that you are the example of you literally stop doing what you had to do and focus on producing at a higher level and even like stop going to meetings that you were like I was just going to the meeting because I thought I had to go and the discomfort of not going right of like changing that when the culture is like no 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 you just go to all the meetings and then you actually produced better quality work you even won an award right yeah 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 <laughs> yeah you cut your own hours you mm -hmm. got a pay rise you got a promotion you won an award like it literally works. Yeah, it does. And um, it's funny because I think people invite other people to meetings because they don't want to be the one who accidentally excludes someone. And so you just have all these meetings on your calendar and you end up like living by your calendar instead of living by like, what is the thing I actually need to accomplish today? So when I got promoted, I actually had to interview for the position. And I love this part of the story because there were only two spots available. They were only going to hire two people and they really wanted them to be local to Charleston, but they didn't tell me that because I'm remote, fully remote. And what they ended up doing was they were like so blown away by my interview, which I took five minutes to prepare for, by the way, like by the way, time, yeah, pre time hacker me would have like been sweating it out, like writing everything down, ultra preparing, like really nervous. But I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to be myself. I'm just going to show them who I am and what I bring to the table. And they said I brought such a fresh perspective of leadership that they went to the CEO and they said, we have to make a third position because in order to grow the company, we have to bring remote people on. And Emily's going to be the one to help us bring that forward. Like how amazing is that? It's so amazing. And it's just, I think it's that example of like, we are so much more capable than we think we are. And it would be so easy. Had you known before like imagine the limit, well, not now because you're a time hacker, but the average person hearing before that they want someone based in Charleston, the amount of time and energy we could give to like, would I move? Wouldn't I move? This is a waste of time, blah, blah, blah. Versus like, no, no, no. There is also this option where they create a whole new job for you and a whole new way and you're leading a new way of working for them. Like that's yeah. also possible. So good. <laughs> and as you spoke as well, I also wrote down like, over preparing, it comes from underbelieving, 
right? Not believing we are the person that can have it. And it doesn't solve for it. Like, it doesn't matter how much we over, because I used to do this as well, even for like exams and studying. And it's like, just over preparing and trying to like build belief and trying to believe that it's possible. But actually every time we like go back to the preparation, it can create more anxiety, more fear, more stress, more of like separation between us and who we want to be versus five minutes of like, oh no, I know I'm capable of this. So what was the five minutes preparation? So I went to my bookshelf and I pulled three books off my bookshelf that have really inspired me. So one is Brené Brown. Like I've read all of her stuff, but in particular, I pulled um, her leadership book out. I can't remember what it's called. And um, a Simon Sinek book about the power of why and um, a book called The Advice Trap. And I talked about how those three books have inspired my leadership journey. And I also talked about coaching, which I was really afraid to mention because I was like, oh, this is a conflict of interest. They're going to see it as such a problem. But they were like, oh my God, we need you to coach people like and bring mindset into <laughs> the corporate culture. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But they were like, so they mentioned um, later that everybody who applied was just so generic and like corporate jargon and gave like the right answers but I think it was boring and like during my interview the people who were interviewing were like writing down my book recommendations I'm like wait can you repeat that <laughs> I love it that's so fun and where do you think it came from like what was the switch in your brain so obviously you said you know since being a time hacker but what was it do you think that allowed you to be like this is how I'm gonna do it Uh, It was the thought I create my opportunities. And then the second thing I said is, if if this isn't the one, I'm going to create something else. Oh, so good. And I think I remember when I first started coaching, um, my clients were women. And what I kept hearing was like, good things like opportunities happen because of someone else or being in the right place at the right time but bad things I create, like I'm responsible for all the negative stuff, but all the good stuff is just like a fluke or luck or whatever. And that shift of like, I create opportunities is exactly why you're not attached to any single opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why I can see other ways of doing things, right? Like I'm not like, oh, people get caught in like, this is the way we've always done it, or these are the rules. And like, I've worked not only in a corporate environment, but also with the government. So it was like very regulated. And yes, even so, so good. <laughs> there's a lot you can do to, um, there's a lot of leeway. There's a lot of room for creativity. And I don't think people um, open their minds up to that if they're, if they don't, if they don't see other people doing it, if there's not some way to be inspired, like Time Hackers inspires me to just continue to be creative. I love it. And I love what you said there, because I do think, one of the running themes in time hackers is like being rule breakers um yeah. in different ways even the way everyone breaks the rules isn't all the same and i but i do think that a lot of people listening i'm so glad you mentioned that you work in a government job because i promise you the moment people heard you had it for a job they would have been like yeah but here's why she could for her job right yeah, my job yeah, is- yeah. i'll i'll up the annie one more not only is it government but it's military so yeah there are no exceptions. There's no exception. <laughs> yeah, because I think like you figured out what matters, and this is what we focus on in time hackers, and this is how we accelerate. Is 
What matters is the results you produce, not the hours you work. And actually, so many ways of work and systems of work and mindsets of work are ready for a an upgrade and require that creativity. And when we're so afraid to be creative, we actually cost ourselves, our employers, our industries, like the opportunity to change and modernize. And that's why literally they have created a new role for you. That's like, to me, the epitome of being a pioneer, of leading the change of like exactly what it means to be a hacker instead of like the reason why I called it time hackers. I don't know if you know this, the reason why I call it time hackers instead of time managers or whatever, like the reason behind it was because managing time is like, it's like your manager in a business, right? They're just following someone else's playbook. And a hacker is like saying, no, 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 I'm going to go through the back door. There's got to be like a better way to do it. And I think that's what you've created in your day job. And I think that's what's so exciting. And I'm so excited for you to then apply that to your coaching business and to help other people do that because, I mean, it's just such an exciting place to be when we know that the change is available to us. Yeah. You mentioned um, it's time for an upgrade. Can we talk about corporate culture and rest? Yeah. <laughs> rest week. <laughs> yes. So um, I listen to a lot of my colleagues on meetings talk about how overwhelmed they are, how tired they are, how exhausted they are, burned out. And like burnout is a real problem in a lot of industries, but especially in the corporate industry. Um, and people tell me all the time, like, oh, you've taken on so much. You must be so overwhelmed. You must be so burned out. Like, how do you handle it? And I handle it because I freaking rest all the time. I And can you, I love it. So could you give your definition of what rest is? Because like when I say rest, I think people are probably like, oh, she's just like lounging or bubble bathing or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yes, um, yeah, rest is when we are not resisting the moment we are in. And that's why for people, for a lot of us, me included, we go to the bubble bath and then we sit in the bubble bath and we're thinking like, I shouldn't really be here because I didn't get what I wanted to do done today. And I'm going to forget this thing later. And you come out of the bubble bath, like not rested, like it's the opposite of rest Um, and rest, you know, like we speak about, it's really a mindset. So that's why I think, well, you tell us, but I think that's why you are able to do the things that you want to do and achieve in the different areas, because it doesn't require you to like stop, drop and like do completely you know go for a three-hour hike it's like rest is available to us at any point in time yeah um one of the things that's been really effective for me during my workday is the concept of sprinting that you introduced me to Mm -hmm. um and I use the like I work focused for a certain amount of time and then I use the, the off time to rest and reset but I'm not I mean, sometimes I lay down, which is nice to close my eyes and give my eyes like a break from the screen. But a lot of the times I like I go out on my porch and just breathe the air or um, I pet my dogs or listen to music or work out or whatever. It's not always just like a sedentary thing, um, but I just like it gives my body a chance to reset and recover. And um, even doing things that just make work more comfortable, like going for a walk on a meeting that I don't have to like be on camera or even talk for is just really nice. And so I'm constantly looking for ways 
to bring rest into my workday. And it's not just like, like, I think pre-time hackers, I would have been like, okay, here are the times I'm allowed to rest and it has to look this certain way. And now it's like, no, I just want to find ways all the time to just bring a little bit of rest in. Um, I got into Charleston yesterday and I just like, I knew I could feel in my body. I needed like a little bit of rest. And my mind was like, no, you need to jump on email and like start working and let everyone know you're here. And like all these like to-do lists of things you have to get done right now. I was like, no, I am going to not resist my body's need for rest. And I laid down on the bed for just, it ended up being like 10 minutes. I just needed 10 minutes to just like close my eyes and just breathe and relax. And that was it. And like in my mind, it was like, it's going to be like a 30 hour nap and we're going to miss so much. <laughs> it was like 10 minutes and I was good. Oh my God. I'm so glad that you shared that. Two things. I mean, there's so much goodness in everything that you just shared. We could like literally speak about every single sentence. But the first thing that struck me was you said, sometimes rest is going and sitting on my porch and taking a few deep breaths. And it's like rest has become this whole industry, this whole like pay to play industry. You have to buy the candle, you have to, you know, buy the bath oils and like all of this stuff versus like actually rest. It can be super simple and basic. So it's available to everyone. Like we don't need to spend money and make it all complex in fact how is that defeating the point and the second thing that you just said there that I'm going to bring up is the 10 minutes like rest doesn't need lots of time I mean you can give it as much as you want but so often I know so many people listening aren't resting because they're like oh I need I mean my brother does this bless him he's like I have to have a 23 minute nap (laughs) I'm like, why 23 minutes? He's like, you know, that's just like the exact number. I'm like, but is it like, you can imagine our conversations, but you know, it's like, oh, I need like an hour to fully switch off or I need an hour even to work out or there's no point going for a walk. I just took the baby for a walk, like less than 20 minutes. Right. But it's like, that's what we did. I don't have any concept of like, it has to be an hour, which is something that I probably used to think years ago, like, oh, it's not worth it if it's not a certain amount of time, but you know that you're rested because of how you feel, not because of the time that's passed, right? Right, exactly. And I think that like, oh, I need an hour really comes into that perfectionist way of thinking, which time hacker, like I have it, right? And time hackers bumps in, like it bumps up into that perfectionist all the time, which, you know, I find a little irritating. I'm like, how have I not gotten over this already before? it's good to know it's there. And like, I know how to solve for it now. I know it's yeah. not a problem. I'm just like, oh, okay, here it is again. And not yeah. a problem. Let's just move through it. And even that perfectionist is showing up with like, why is it still there? It's like, it needs to be gone completely. But then as mm-hmm. you are saying, it's like, and this has come up in re- recent coaching calls of like, it's p- parts of ourselves are never going to be gone completely. And we don't need them to go completely as long as we feel capable of handling them. And that's what you've just shared there so I love it yeah <laughs> and is there anything else that you want to the listeners to know and then I want to tell them about how they can work with you and chat about, about your business and stuff sure um I waited three weeks or something to join time hackers which I think you had said like the best time to join is yesterday or the next best time is today something like that and I'm like okay yeah right and I'm like wait she was right I shouldn't have waited three weeks <laughs> <laughs> so join today 
<laughs> I love it. Yeah, we also just had someone else join yesterday. I think as you posted the same thing, like I've waited months and now I've joined and I've just like been making notes for an hour and like, oh my God. And I think it's true. I think we forget that our brains are going to make a lot of sense when they tell us to wait. And everyone else is going to agree with us in our normal lives, our partners or kids or friends or whatever, peers. And it's like, yeah, of course it makes sense to wait. But you just want to check in on like, not you're not waiting to join Time Hackers. You are waiting to produce different results. You are waiting to change your relationship with rest. You are waiting to get the promotion. You are waiting to change your relationship with time, really, and to you know, stop over-preparing and stop, you know, hustling and all of that good stuff. So I would ask anyone who's like, oh, I'm waiting. Don't think I'm waiting to join Time Hackers. Get very real. I'm waiting to produce the results like Emily's produced. I'm waiting to become a Time Hacker and to accelerate into whatever it is for you um, that you want to create through Time Hackers. That's what's waiting. So I love that you said that. And, oh, go on. So I, if you don't mind, I'd also like to say how amazing the community is. It's the only uh, group that I'm actively involved in. And I love how you've leveled the playing field and allowed everybody, or you've given permission for everyone to be an expert, which I think lets people step into the idea that they can just take on the time hacker principles and empower themselves to do like amazing things. They don't need to wait for you to say like, okay, now you're ready. Like, just go, just go. Yeah, it's such an important thing. Firstly, community. Like I always knew I wanted to build community around coaching because it's always been a change change maker in my own life is like who I'm around and being around it. And especially when we are breaking rules and exposing our brain to fear and failure and all of that uncomfy stuff, it's like such an important part of creating fun and joy and celebration around it is community. And the second thing that you touched on is so important I speak obviously about like expert as a mindset and stuff like this, but I think it's so easy when we are teaching concepts or creating concepts to like separate ourselves from community or whatever. And I think it's got such a heavy expense because it keeps people as a student or it keeps people as a learner and it keeps people dependent on your answer. And you're right. Like one of the things I focus on teaching you all um, everyone does really well in the community is answer their own questions and answer each other's questions. And that's why you accelerate so much because your brain isn't just problem solving your own things that come up. It's problem solving everyone's things that come up. And that gives such a more, such so much more opportunity to apply the principles. So it's not just theory. And I do think there's something different when we are applying it to someone else and there's less like ego and fear. And then it's like, oh, that applies to me as well. So I'm glad that you pointed that out and shared that. And I see it in the community as well. And it's so fun because it was literally my goal in creating it. So I love that you shared that. Thank you. Thank you, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, so... I don't very, very rarely work with one-to-one -one people anymore, but Emily does. So I want you to tell people about who you work with, how you can help them and where they can find you. Perfect. So I work with humans um, on mindset, especially people who are in a corporate position like me. 
And um, you can find me on Instagram at emily.slahetka. And that last name is a doozy. So I'm sure it'll be linked in the show notes. We'll so you link can get it. this <laughs> proper spelling. <laughs> we'll link it for sure. And yeah, I would just, I would really recommend working with Emily around exactly what she's broken through. I think if you are working in corporate and you are struggling to find creativity or to work how you want to work you feel like you have to be led a certain way Emily is for sure your person to help around that I love it amazing thank you so much for your time and for showing up um at your event I didn't realize you were traveling this week but I love that you were able to show up for us anyway and I especially love that you did this all from bed me too thanks Vicky all right take care bye lovely Hey, if you want to get five hours a week back minimum for life, then I want to invite you to join Time Hackers. It's this podcast on speed where you'll get access to time hacking tools not shared on the podcast. You'll get access to my proven process for hacking your time to get five hours back every week at least. It's also my favorite place to hang out and will be yours too, as you connect with other time hackers, where you'll get celebrated, supported, and coached, of course. You are a time hacker. This is where you belong. Head to vickilouise.com forward slash group. I can't wait to see you there.